0: Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. This week, we're joined by Tiffany Allman and Gina Bumgarner, school counselors at Northeast Middle School. We're discussing how COVID-19 has impacted the mental health of both students and staff, the benefits of having counselors in schools, and the most important lessons these professionals have learned throughout their careers. This episode was made possible by Shemekha's online market in Delhi. Thanks for joining me.
1: It's good to be here.
0: (laughs) So due to COVID and, you know, the frigid temperatures this week, we're recording this episode virtually, so excuse my directions, Um, but let's start with introductions. Tiffany, do you want to go first and maybe give us a short
1: explanation of your role at Northeast Middle School? Sure. Um, I am the eighth grade counselor this year at Northeast Middle School. Um, This is my second year um, at Northeast, but I've been in Kansas City School District as a counselor for 21 years. Great. And what
2: about you, Gina? Um, So this is my third year working as a school counselor at Northeast Middle. So my entire career has been here. It's been great. Um, This year I'm the seventh grade counselor. And so um, we're at, we actually have a pretty cool position where me and Tiffany get to loop with our kids. So I've been the seventh and eighth grade counselor um, as well as, yeah, Tiffany's been the seventh grade last year.
0: That's great. So you kind of
2: follow them through their, um, middle school experience. Yes, yes, we definitely want to stick with them and, and we get to learn them and, and we want to um, yeah, be able to support them throughout their entire time with us.
0: That's awesome. So what are some of those things that, you know, that support includes?
1: Um, we are responsible for their career development lessons, social emotional support, and uh, definitely some academic support, tracking grades, making sure they are on track to make it to high school. Great. so how much
0: um, interaction do you usually have with each student? like is there a certain number of you know hours a week or a month? That's a good question.
2: Um I wouldn't s- say that there's like a specific number just because we have re- really big caseloads. Um, so not all students get the same kind of like one-on-one experience with us. Um, sometimes I'm seeing kids like once a day, but some of them I see, you know, during lessons when we do classrooms, it kind of just depends what they need. Definitely working with kids like every day, constantly, like a lot of direct services.
0: Sure. Um, has that changed at all due to COVID? Like, are you meeting, uh, with students virtually?
1: Yes, Um, we both have a lunchtime group where students can stop in and talk with us if they have questions or they just want someone to have lunch with. Um, We also have an after school time that they can come meet with us. Um, What's been kind of uh, unique this year and I've enjoyed it is being able to go out and make home visits for our students so we can go out and um, offer support in the community for our students that are really in need.
0: And how crucial is to that is that to the students um, who you know need that extra support?
1: Um,
2: honestly, in my opinion, I think that's probably one of the most important things that we've been doing this year just because um, teachers' hands are tied up a lot of the time administrators' times are tied up. Um, we kind of have a little bit more flexibility with our time so that we're able to go um, out in the community and and make sure they have what they need. You know, does a kid need a hotspot? Do they need their computer fix? You know, um, do they just need to see somebody in person, you know, from six feet away, like kind of just whatever they need. That's been definitely the most important to me.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that, especially, um, you know, with parents who might be trying to work from home or might have to actually still get out and go to work. Uh, Not all the kids are provided with that support of a parent who can sit right next to them and guide them through, you know, online learning and all the struggles that come on top of that. So I'm sure it's very appreciated. Tiffany, you've been doing this job for about 20 years, you said. Uh, How did you get into this career path?
1: took a psychology class when I was in college and I fell in love with it. Um, And I just wanted to uh, work with children all of my life. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, But I just wanted to be able to give back to the community and to students. And uh, I really feel like this is a good fit for me. Yeah, that's great.
0: And were you familiar with the Northeast area before you started working at the middle school?
1: Um, I was working at one of our feeder schools, uh, so a lot of my students went to Northeast. Oh, great. Um, And how has it been kind of,
0: you know, being able to work with both group, both elementary school kids and middle school kids
1: on that journey toward high school? It has been unique. Um, Some of my students that I have now is eighth graders. I've had them since they were in kindergarten or first grade. So just being able to see that growth in them all all along the years has been amazing. Just seeing, you know, what kind of person they have turned out to be. And um, now they're on their journey to high school. They're ready to leave me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think it gives me a unique perspective when I am talking to my um, coworkers in the past that worked at elementary schools of what they need to do to be ready for middle school. Because they're completely different. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. And Gina, your whole career has been at Northeast Middle School. How has that um, kind of shaped your idea of the role and your responsibility and having somebody like Tiffany, who has so much experience uh, to kind of guide you through that?
2: Um, Well, first of all, having Tiffany's background in elementary, like will definitely give me a lot of great perspective, because I'll be very honest, I've never wanted to work with that young of kids. Um, It's just not my thing. I really like like the spicy, you know, middle schoolers and (laughs) and the high schoolers like they just, you know, they'll talk back to you. And I really like that. Um, Yeah, I think I was kind of built for middle school, I'll be honest. Um, So that's definitely kind of been reaffirmed with me. I kind of always knew that. Um, but yeah, working at Northeast Middle School specifically um, has really taught me to be like flexible with kids. Um You just kind of got to meet them where they're at. You know, you can't push too hard. You can't tell them what to do. Um, it's kind of reinforced what I already knew about them.
0: Sure. And I mean, this has been a huge adjustment for students, but also for you guys, I'm sure. So how How are you doing with all of the changes that you've had to adapt to this year?
1: We are learning to be flexible. And Gina has been such a wonderful help with technology. So she has shown me how to do things that I didn't even know that I would ever have to do.
2: (laughs) I want it for the record. I don't know that much Um, (laughs) about an IT tech, but thank you. So, you know you said you work with some
0: students every single day. How much uh do you communicate with their teachers? you know Are you reaching out and asking uh what specifically needs to be worked on and things like that? like what does that communication entail
2: um during a normal school year, I think there is a little bit more um communication however like i I personally, I mean, Tiffany can speak for herself, but I personally do like to try to make sure, you know, I keep confidentiality. Like I don't share too much about what I'm doing with the student um, unless I have permission. Um, Sometimes that is what it it involves. Like, hey, I'm working with this kid and they don't want to tell the teacher what they need. And I ask like, hey, can I tell the teacher? And so that we can, you know, get some perspective. And so they know how to work with you. Um, It's kind of a, a balance of not saying, too much, like not crossing those boundaries, but saying enough to benefit the kid. Sure. Um, Virtually, it's definitely been less. Honestly, a lot of my struggles have been just like getting them into class at all. Hmm. Um, So So
0: I guess kind of to give perspective, how many students are at Northeast Middle School? You can give me an estimated number if you... (laughs)
2: Oh geez,
1: i thinking eight hundred. Yeah, does that sound right,
2: okay. Tina? I think about eight hundred. I know we have lost some kids, um, sure, but yeah, I think about that number. And some of that that includes like the virtual academy, so they're not yeah. classes every day. But yeah, okay.
0: Um, and, you know, for a school that size, which to me seems huge, because the largest school I ever went to had 130 kids. Um, <laughs> uh, what are some of those other things you work on besides just academics? I know you mentioned uh, social skills, maybe. Yes,
1: i um, providing a lot of social emotional support. Um, sometimes if students are upset, they can come talk with us. Um, definitely for in the building, they pop by our office. Um, and providing them those skills that they're going to need to get along in life with other people. And then we also want to focus on making sure that their basic needs are met. So we might have students that need assistance with uniforms, or they might need to visit the food bank, or you know some kind of a utility assistance. So we do a lot of connecting our students with those resources that we have in the community.
0: Yeah, that's great. So what are some of the you know, let's start with the obvious ones, the obvious benefits of having counselors in schools. Uh, do you want to name some of those and then we can maybe get into the ones that
2: aren't so obvious? Yeah. Um, the most obvious one to me is that we are always focused on advocating and supporting our students. Um, I know that different staff have different lenses and, you know, um, different goals, but ours is always... Advocating and supporting. Um, And we also try to prepare them for the challenges that they're going to face, you know, tomorrow or in high school or after high school. We're involved in a lot of different systems in the school just because of our role, because it is so diverse and we have, you know, our core developmental areas, you know, the career, the academic, and the social. So we are involved in a lot of different things. And so we bring a good perspective to all of those things. Um into all those services that are offered.
0: Sure. So what are some of the um, you know, things people might not expect? Hmm.
2: That's a good question. <laughs> um there might be one. I don't know. Let me I don't know, Tiffany, can you think of any unexpected ones? I don't know.
1: Not right off the right off my top of my head, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure everything this year has been a little unexpected. You know, who would know that you were checking on students in their homes to <laughs> make sure they have Wi-Fi and things like that.
2: Yeah, that's true. I will add that like this year texts ser- like me as like a, you know, secondary backup tech services. Um, when tech services is too busy and can answer. I mean, yeah, I've had to troubleshoot a lot of things and just figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Speaking more on the career readiness, you know, as a middle schooler, you probably haven't decided, you know, what your major is going to be in college if you decide to go to college and things like that. So what are some of those things that you're working on to kind of build that foundation?
1: Um, We do a lot of work with um, just exposing the students to different types of careers, encouraging them to find their passion and things that they would like to do. Um, For my eighth graders, a lot of them are expected to um, pick a career pathway once they get to high school. So just trying to narrow that down for them so that they can pick a good fit. And some of those paths might include
0: uh, like the technical school that KCPS has or, you know, going to a college prep, things like that.
2: Yeah, definitely trying to direct them towards those things if that's what interests them.
0: That's great. I feel like, um, that support early on and kind of being exposed to those things would have been very helpful in deciding, um, at least for me. (laughs) So I chose journalism when I was in high school because I, you know, wrote for my high school newspaper, but a lot of my classmates, um, didn't decide until college or maybe their second or third year of college. Um, (laughs) so, just from like a financial perspective, choosing your path early on is a much more direct way to get to where you want to be.
2: Yeah, definitely being able to explore those things will help you. I think in my opinion, and I think the research does show that, yeah, like if you get exposed to more things, then you'll you'll have a better idea and something's going to click earlier on. But I mean, if it's okay if it doesn't. Um, I, When talking with seventh graders, I try really hard not to pressure them to choose anything, um, just to keep their options open and explore and don't write anything off yet because they never know what it's, what they're going to want.
0: Yeah. And especially now, I think, um, COVID has changed a lot of people's opinions on their careers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. whether that's, oh, I do want to be able to work from home or no, I'd rather be, you know, out in the community every single day
2: yeah, I think this has changed a lot of different perspectives. For the record, I never want to work at home. I want to be in the (laughs) community. I don't like this. I feel
0: the same way. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's online market in Delhi offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas city. Shamika's where customers become friends and friends become family. And now back to the newscast. That's a great lead into my next question is what will your focus be when students do return to the classroom? I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a tough transition after almost a year of being from learning from home.
2: Um, Yeah, that's definitely going to be a really interesting. um, And I think probably a difficult transition. Um, Honestly, safety is my number one focus um, I just want everyone to be safe. I don't want anyone to catch anything um, while they're at school or, you know, like if things get more relaxed and, and people kind of forget that we are in this situation, um, I don't want anyone to think that they shouldn't be doing those safety precautions. Um, and then just for the beginning, just figuring out what the pattern
1: is going to be and try to get them into a rhythm. Right, Just getting them used to getting up early to be at school and being around other people. I have so many kids that are excited to come back. They can't wait to be back and see their friends. Um, But I do have students that I'm concerned about because I know they have that anxiety of being back in the building, possibly being exposed to COVID, bringing that home to their family.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I can see both sides of that. You know, it it is going to be probably frustrating and scary and, uh, probably tedious to go through some of those safety protocols, but you know, um, I know KCPS has a great plan to get teachers who want to be vaccinated, taken care of, but you know, students are a whole different story and kids, even middle schoolers, I wouldn't say are the
2: most, um, cautious people, (laughs) They're very impulsive creatures. Yes, they are. (laughs) They're not cautious.
0: (laughs) So while kids are still, uh, learning from home, what is your main focus? Is it just getting over those technology barriers and making sure people sign in for class?
2: Um, when it comes to academics, I feel like, yeah, like just getting over those technology barriers. Like how do we, like, how do we resolve technology issues? Like who are you supposed to call? Um, what, what, you know, like hardware do you need? Um, another one for me though, I feel like this year is that we're focusing more on like basic needs than, than we norm. I mean, that's definitely always a focus, but more so this year is just like, okay, well, do you have enough to eat? Because they're not getting, you know, their normal meals at school. So do we need to hook you up with food delivery? Do we need
1: to hook you up with, um, you know, food stamps, things like that? I'm working on some coping skills. Um, I have a lot of students that are responsible for all the younger siblings in the family. So then not only are they trying to be signed into their classes and doing work, they might be helping younger brothers and sisters with theirs, making sure that everybody has something to eat. So they have a lot of stress. Yeah,
0: and see, I think that's the most surprising to me is because you might expect that of a high schooler, But to to have that responsibility as an eighth grader and then trying to do school from home with less support, um, that's got to be tough. So do you think uh, when you do make that transition back to the classrooms, um, will you approach things like communication and um, some of your lessons in a different way? Like, I mean, the world has changed so much in the past year.
2: You know, we don't. To be honest, like I, other schools might be different. We, me and Tiffany, don't get a whole lot of opportunity to go into classrooms and do lessons. Um, and when we do, it's usually career-oriented. Um, just because a lot of our time is spent putting out fires somewhere else. So I don't know, Tiffany. Do you? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think the classroom lessons would be pretty similar Like because, like you said, it's mostly about the career. And uh, for my students transitioning to high school, I think the um, individual conversations that we have with students will be focused on, you know, how are they doing right at that moment? Do you guys have everything that you need? Making sure that our students are um, ready to go on to the next year academically and emotionally.
0: Sure. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is something that it's been discussed a lot lately that students are, you know, air quotes behind in their lessons, um, it, because not everybody's, you know, learning at the same rate, especially when they're at home. So, how do you foresee uh, students progressing to the next grade level? Do you, like do you think more students will be held back? Do you think there will be more um, allowances for things like that?
2: what a great question because we asked that about like once a month in our, um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
2: I honestly, we don't, we don't really know what's going to happen. We are tracking like how students are doing, um, in this, in this model that we're in right now, um, as if we were in a normal year, but I don't know what's what kind of decisions like the state or the districts are going to make, um, about what that looks like. Um, They're obviously, you know, they're not getting their traditional setting. So I don't think they're getting the most out of um, this academic year. I definitely agree that there are some things that need to be worked on and a lot of grace needs to be given. um, But we actually don't know.
1: (laughs) Um, I know that Northeast as a school and the district as a whole is working on a plan to um, try to fill in some of those gaps that the students have missed. Sure. And
0: that would be, you know, through things like summer school or uh,
2: additional tutoring? Yes. Okay. So, oh yeah, we also do, sorry, we also, I forgot, we do after school tutoring with our city year program. Okay, cool. I'll start with Tiffany because she's been around uh,
0: counseling a lot longer. Um, What is, you know, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned from interacting with students or maybe other professionals? Uh, So
1: the number one focus is on relationship building. Um, Once our students, you know, can see that they trust us and they are willing to listen and try the strategies that we are suggesting. And just getting to know the student and find out what that student needs. Is very important. Um, I've been around long enough that I've had students come back to visit me after they've actually, you know, gone to college and had a career. And it is exciting to have them come back. And so I thought maybe some of the things I was telling them and trying to teach them, they weren't really listening to. And um, it surprised me when they said, yeah, you know, that thing that you told me in sixth grade, it stuck with me. And that's why I'm where I'm at.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That must be so rewarding to see um, the progress that people have made after leaving you. Yes. So, Gina, what about you? You're in your third year, um, and I'm sure you've learned a lot being at Northeast Middle School. Uh, do you want to share some of those things?
2: Yeah. Um, one of the biggest lessons I learned is that every student is different. Um, every student is going to have different needs. What's going to work for one kid is definitely not going to work for the other one. Um, you just kind of got to meet them where they're at. It's kind of like my mantra. You know, you just got to meet them where they're at. Um And I will definitely back Tiffany up on that. Like building relationships is definitely key. Um, You just got to let them know that you're here for them and that build that trust with them Um, and really just try to do your best to do right by them. And that'll take you far. And hopefully one day I'll get one of my former students to come visit me after college. That'd be so cool, Tiffany.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's probably going to be more true than ever is. Uh, meeting
2: students where they're at after all of this, because they're going to be in all different places. Oh, yeah. They're in completely different places, I think. Um, So it'll be interesting to find out once we get back together.
0: So looking toward the future, what are some of your goals um, with working with middle school students? Once everything gets back to normal, what are kind of those uh, fundamentals that you want to make sure are
2: in place before they move to high school? How to ask for help, how to advocate for yourself, how to communicate.
0: I feel like that's a big one is learning how to advocate for yourself because, you know, I feel like maybe there's a lot of people who never ask for the help and never say, you know, I need extra assistance with this. And then they just get either left behind or they get to the end and they're just um, not prepared for the next step.
2: Yeah, I definitely um, see that a lot where like students don't want to ask for help because like they don't want to look stupid or like they don't want to, you know, they don't want to make it look like it doesn't come easy to them. Um, but obviously school's hard and they need to ask for help and they need to learn to ask for help for themselves um, because, you know, it's their life and they need that's definitely like a fundamental skill that they're need, they'll need as they grow older.
0: And that's where that trust comes in, that you all work so hard to build with uh, middle school students, which I'm sure is hard. Um, I can't imagine relating to a middle schooler right now and I'm only 25. It's, I mean,
2: it's, I mean, I definitely don't relate to, well, I do in my own way, I guess, but I don't know how to say it. Like, most importantly, like you don't, you don't have to convince them that like, Oh, I'm with you. Like I, like I'm in the same shoes, you know, I've been through what you've been through. Like they don't care. They don't want to hear that. Um, they just want to know that you care about them.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, Tiffany, is there anything else you want to add about, um, maybe how your role has changed over the years?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say, um, and that necessarily has changed, because um, even when I first started, it was all about building relationships, um, teaching those students those fundamental skills, um, like Gina was talking about, even at the elementary level, teaching them to ask questions, to ask for help, where they could go to get help if they needed it.
0: Yeah, of course. And I mean, I guess just thinking back to the early years of your career, like, Social media probably wasn't as prevalent, well, especially if you were in elementary school, but, you know, I feel like those kinds of things have such an impact on middle schoolers now that, you know, five or 10 years ago, they wouldn't have.
1: Yes. I remember um, being in a discussion in the principal's office with a student and um, there was someone else in the room that was trying to tell the student that it doesn't matter, um, what your friends now think about this? Cause you're never gonna see them again or hear from them again. And well, now they're friends with those people on <laughs> Facebook. So they might remember all those things that happened in middle school and bring that up. <laughs>
0: um, how have you seen student behavior change uh, throughout this whole pandemic? You know, there's probably not as much discipline or, you know, getting sent to the principal's office as there was when you were in person. But do you think kids are less responsive?
1: I think the big challenge is getting them to show up to class and to participate. Um, I know a lot of times the students don't want to turn their camera on. They don't want to answer questions. So that has been a big hurdle with, with our students. Sure. Thank you for choosing to interview us. I think our position is one um, like you that a lot of people don't know about and don't understand. Yeah, I think
0: uh, especially with everything going on behind the scenes in schools these days, it's interesting to see um, what interactions students are used to having that have changed so drastically. Um I mean, they probably never thought you guys would show up to their house, (laughs) (laughs) but it's such a crucial part of getting kids engaged and keeping them, like making sure they're safe and taken care of, especially through all of this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, ladies, I appreciate it. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you. And that was Tiffany and Gina, school counselors at Northeast Middle School. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. This episode is sponsored by Jamaica's online market in Delhi. Find previous episodes of the Northeast Newscast at northeastnews.net or anywhere podcasts can be found.